Well, hey there. Thanks so much for joining us on the Hope Fellowship Church podcast. If these messages have blessed your life, go ahead and subscribe by clicking the subscribe button inside the podcast app. And if your life has been impacted by this ministry, would you consider supporting it financially so that we can continue to love God, love people, and prove it? You can give by visiting hope615.com slash give. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you are blessed through today's message. Well, it's good to see you today. Uh, if, if I don't know you, my name's Kent, and it is my honor to pastor Hope Fellowship Church. We're a church that's been meeting in a school for uh, almost eight and a half. I say eight and a half. By the time February, uh, the end of February rolls around, drum roll, please, it will be nine years we've been gathering in this school. That's crazy. But we kicked off a new sermon series last week, and uh, we acknowledged something. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring you up speed real quick, just in case you weren't here. We acknowledge that the majority of people, listen, live a pretty normal life. And so I'm going to ask you to do some self-assessment today. Here is the question I want you to process, even beginning right now. If you missed last week, you might even think this, this question I'm going to ask you is like, well, what's wrong with living this kind of life? Here's the question. Is your life normal? Is your life normal? Think about that for a minute. Is your life normal? And what I want you to think about is, what does that even mean? Well, uh, what I'm talking about, what I talked about last week was this truth. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, if you say, I am a born-again believer, I am a Christian, the Bible teaches us very clearly that there's nothing at all normal about Christianity, like nothing at all. So to help you get on track here with me, if your marriage, if you're married and you would say, my marriage looks kind of normal, what I really mean is this. If If your marriage looks exactly the same as other married people who are not followers of Jesus Christ, that's probably not good. If the way you handle money If the way you think about money, if you're up to your eyeballs in debt and you're just struggling to stay afloat, because listen, that's that's pretty much normal in our world today, but I want you to know that that's not normal according to what Scripture teaches us how we're to live. Parents, I am one of you, four kids, listen to me. The world would say it's just kind of normal to scream at your kids, But that's not a biblical model. That should not be a normal part of your life as a parent. If you are single, if you're in this room today and you're single, it has become, listen to me, single people, it has become normal to treat dating relationships as if you're living like a married couple doing all the things that married people do. The world will say to you, well, that's okay, it's okay, it's no big deal, that's normal, but God's word says, no, that's not normal, that's not how you're to live your life. And so what we said last week, I'll say it again today, normal is not working. So here's what I'm asking you to do just today. Will you be willing to be open to what God says to you through his holy word? And then if you can say yes to that, yes, I'm going to be open to what God says, will you allow God to begin to guide you and lead you according to the truth of his scripture? Because here's here's the reality. Everything we're facing, life is challenging enough 
that, that there's really, it, it makes no sense at all just to be going through the motions of faith. If you're just going through the motions with your faith, unfortunately, that's normal for many people. But here's the news, it doesn't work. And so our found truth from last week, we're gonna put it on the screen just as a reminder. All this you can find in God's word to support what I'm talking about. If you want what normal people want, just do what normal people do. If you want your life to look normal, if you want what normal people want, just keep doing what normal people are doing. But if you want what few people have, begin to do what few people do. Jesus made it very clear. Here's where the text I referenced come from. Matthew chapter 7, beginning in verse 13, Jesus said himself, look with me. He says, I want you to enter through the narrow gate because wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And Jesus says, many people enter through it. But he goes on. He says, listen, Small is the gate, narrow is the road that leads to life, and Jesus says only a few will find it. Jesus says many people. Jesus is saying it's normal for people to be on this wide road living a life, and Scripture says it leads to destruction. But Jesus also says, I've got a better way. I've got a better way, and he said to be a few people that find this, But Jesus says, it's the road I want for you. This road, he says, will lead to life. So if you truly want what few people have, you'll begin to do what few people do. And so let me give you new instructions straight out of the Bible. I didn't share this last week. You're like, how do I do this? Where do I begin? Great time of the year to begin to apply this truth. Look with me. Open your Bible. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 13. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 13. Look at the text. Therefore, with minds that are alert and fully sober, just think about that for a minute. It means you're gonna embrace this truth, you're gonna be alert, you're gonna be sober, you're gonna be ready for what God wants to show you. Then what do you do with your mind that is alert? You set your hope on the grace, the grace of Jesus Christ, the gospel message, the truth of who Jesus is. You set all of your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at his coming. We look forward to a day when Christ will return. Let your hope be in that. And then he continues, look, as obedient children, as obedient children, don't conform to the evil desires you had when you used to live in ignorance. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all that you do. You're like, what did that just say? Yeah, I just said that. Be holy in all that you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. Wow. Be holy, Scripture says, because I am holy. Now, sometimes I don't think we realize how the, y'all, the meaning of words just gets messed up. Words are corrupted. Words are misunderstood. And so for a few of you, I'm guessing today, if you think about this word holy... You may say to yourself, you may have already said to yourself, I can't do that. Bro, there's, you might say, I, I can't be holy. You might think only God is holy, right? And, and you're thinking that. And then you might think this, okay, hold on. Kent's up there and he's talking to us about living a holy life. And you might say to yourself even now, if I begin to try to live a holy life, people may label me a holy roller. 
You ever heard that little phrase? Oh, well, aren't you a little holy roly? Ha, ha, ha. Or you might say it this way. Well, if I try to live a holy life, they're going to say, oh, look at you. You're all holier than thou. I have heard both of those phrases countless times in my life. But let me help you refocus. That's not what it's about. Let me just tell you. Here's what the word holy means. The word holy means, listen, to be pure, to be set apart, or to be different. To be pure, to be set apart, or to be different. So scripture clearly teaches us that followers of Jesus Christ, we are to live this holy life, to be different, to be set apart. Not, listen to me, not to be normal, but to live a different kind of life. And here's what happens. When you begin to live that kind of life, if you have friends who are not followers of Jesus Christ, they're going to probably say to you, man, you're kind of weird. You're kind of weird. And let me just encourage you, if that happens, I think that's awesome. I think it's awesome if that begins to happen. I would say good for you. You know, that's good because you're doing, it means you're doing something that honors Jesus Christ. It means you're not blending in with everybody that's normal. Think about that. Remember, all the normal people, all living that kind of a life, they're on the wide road. And do you remember where the wide road leads? It leads to destruction. Yet the narrow road leads to life. Be holy. Be pure, be set apart, be different. And let me just say this, I promise to you. Especially let me talk to the teenagers, the students, those of you. You have all kinds of friend groups everywhere. Listen, it will not be the end of the world. Hear me. It's not going to be the end of the world if you say no to hanging out with someone who constantly just is a bad influence in your life. Life will go on. You will survive. To to my single friends in this room, I want to say to you, you really can be different. God will empower you. You you do not have to get caught up in what our culture says is normal related to connecting with people and dating people. And I would say to you, begin to pursue a life of purity. Church, the entire church, listen to me. What if you begin to walk away from gossip? Instead of just saying, oh, what'd you say? Let me hear some more of that. No, no, walk away from it. Church, what if we all begin to live on less? What if you begin to live on less so you could give more? Think about that. Watch out for this one. What if we all decided? What if I decided? What if you decided every single morning that you would spend more time in Scripture than you do on social media? Will there be people who might think you're strange? Yeah, but here again, it's okay. It's okay. The Bible is full of examples of people who were called out for being weird, strange. Let me just show you one. Some of you, maybe you can relate to King David. David in the book of Psalms, chapter 69, look at this text with me. I don't know if you've ever read this before. So he is like consumed with passion for God. He's living a life. He wants to honor the Lord. Look what he says. He says, passion for your house, O Lord, it has consumed me. He says, yet the insults of those who insult you, it's now falling all on me. All these people are haters of you, Lord, and the way they insult you, it's now falling upon me. Look at what he says. 
Lord, when I weep about this, when I fast about this, they scoff at me. They make fun of me. He says, when I, when I dress in burlap to show sorrow, to mourn, he says, they make fun of me. Look at this. He says, I have become the favorite of the town gossip. And this one just blows my mind. David writes, and all the drunks are singing songs about me. I mean, have you ever seen that in scripture? Wow. Listen, when you live for Christ, there will be trials. People will think you're weird. You may be the target of gossip. What if, what if a drunk actually wrote a song about you? Come on. But I, I find great peace in knowing that living a life that does not look normal allows me to be on a road that leads to abundant life. It's such a different road. I don't think you will ever know the freedom and the joy of an abundant life in Christ until you make this decision to surrender your life to him. Now, we all have our challenges when we talk about this. There, there are some things, there are a couple of things that I think perhaps may be holding you back. The first one that I want to talk about this has been a gigantic challenge to me. Those of you who know me really well, you'll be like, yep, that's been, that's been a struggle you've had, Pastor Kent. But listen to me. To overcome this first one we're going to talk about, you first have to acknowledge it. You, you have to acknowledge it before you can overcome. Here it is. The first barrier you will face. If you want to uh, you know, try, to, try to move through getting out of this rut of a normal life, here it is. It's an inward pull, number one, an inward pull. And really what I'm talking about is a need you have to please other people. There, there are some of you with me in this room, you know right now, you know this is your battle. And you find yourself most days consumed with the need to please others. Here might be some of the thoughts that are bouncing around in your mind even this morning. Well, if I were to do this, what, what would they think about that? Well, if, if I were to actually say that, what, what are they going to say back to me? Well, I'm not quite sure about, about this decision that I've been thinking about. You know, maybe there would be some people, if I make this decision, they're not going to agree with me because, after all, there might be a better way. The need to please people. Listen to me. Some of you in this room today, you may sense that God is leading you to, like, get rid of your smartphone. And in your mind, you're like, but if I do that and I get a flip phone, oh, my gosh, what are people going to say? They're going to laugh at me. They're going to think I'm weird. They're going to think I'm broke and I can't afford my smartphone. All these things. Worrying about what people think. Or maybe it's more serious. Maybe you know that God is leading you to start some kind of a ministry. God is leading you, perhaps, to start a ministry to single moms. Or start a ministry serving refugees. Or to be involved in some kind of a mission trip where you tell your boss, hey, I need to take vacation time. I'm not going to the beach. I'm going on a mission trip. 
And there's this inward inside of you, what will my family think? What will my boss think? What will people think? Well, is there going to be anybody that will support me in all of this? And when I think about those things, some of you are absolutely going to love what I'm about to share with you. It reminded me of a song. Where's Matt Loving? Are you in here? This is for you, brother. Please allow me to quote a few of the lyrics from DC Talk's greatest hit of all time, titled Jesus Freak. This is for you, my friend. What will people think when they say that I'm a Jesus freak? What will people do when they find out it's true? I don't really care if they label me a Jesus freak. There ain't no disguise in the truth. Oh, there's more. How many, just out of curiosity, if you've never heard the song by DC Talk, Jesus Freak, raise your hand. I just need to know who you are. Oh, man. Okay, no, don't play it now. Do not play it. Soundboard, do not. Let me just share some more of these lyrics with you. Hold on, refocus. The song continues. Kamikaze, my death is game. Mm. I've been marked by my maker, a peculiar display. Look at you, okay, okay. The high and lofty, they see me as weak because I won't live and die for the power they seek. That's good, that's good. You know that's good. And then it goes back, what will people say if they, when they hear that I'm a Jesus freak? What will people do when they find out it's true? I don't really care if they label me a Jesus freak. There ain't no disguise in the truth. And then it goes into this, I ain't into hiding. And, and listen, and my favorite part, my favorite part of the whole song, and I'll shut up after this, okay? It's kind of this... I don't know in music what if you I don't know if this is I don't know what is bridge whatever but there's this part of the song that goes people say I'm strange does it make me a stranger my best friend was born in a manger people say I'm strange does it my best friend was born and then these guitars come out <laughs> y'all okay just Sermon time out, sermon time out. That's all. Don't start listening now and, you know, oh, I got to go to the bathroom so I can listen to the song. You know? But you, you got to get this song, DC, DC Talk, because we're down with the DC Talk. Uh, the song is called Jesus Freak. Okay. Wow. I, I had no idea how that would go over. I think you liked it. But here, listen. By the way, that brings back incredible memories. Matt Loving, did you love that? I knew you would, okay. Perhaps one of the greatest DC Talk fans in the room right there. Yeah, okay. Jenny, Jenny will affirm that. Great memories. And so the whole song, basically that song is in response to what Scripture talks about to what we're talking about. Here's what, if you're a person that writes little notes down, we're going to put this on the screen. I want you to remember something related to all this, very important. Look at this. Becoming, do we have this, the, the quote about becoming obsessed with people? Did I make a slide on this one? Okay, there it is, yeah. This is so true. Becoming obsessed with what people think 
is the quickest way to forget about what God thinks. Help me, Lord. I testify to you today, I have struggled with this for years, but I confess this is not what the Lord wants in me. He doesn't want this for me. He doesn't want this for you. In the Old Testament book of 1 Samuel, you see Saul and Samuel having this conversation and God gives Saul like these crystal clear instructions, no questions asked. But Saul is scared. He's fearful. He's worried about how are the people going to respond. He wrestles with all this. Why? Because Saul is more focused on people than he is on what God's told him to do. Look at the text, 1 Samuel chapter 15. And then Saul said to Samuel, he's realized he's blown it. He says, I have sinned. I have violated the Lord's command and I have violated your instructions. And I mean, here it is. This could be many of us in this room. Why? Because I was afraid. I was afraid of the men. So I just gave in. I was afraid of how they would respond. I was afraid of what they would say. I was afraid of what they might do. And I just, I just gave in to them. And so we've got to get our arms around this. And what does this even mean? And we're not, we're not like Saul about to go into battle in that context. But for the moms and dads in this room, there's a battle playing out even within the four walls of your home. Dads, moms, please hear me. If, if God has given you children, you are responsible to train them up in the Lord. And this means, listen, you help them from a very young age begin to understand who they are in and through Jesus Christ. Yes, we want to teach them and help them here on Sunday morning in our kids' ministry but you have so much more time and influence. You help, listen, you help them understand what it means not to be normal. You teach them it's not just okay to be different, but it's actually way better. Listen, I have seen this over and over. I've seen this in my 30 years of ministry. When there is a family unit, when the family has a strong identity in Christ, peer pressure is very weak. It's just true. I've seen it over and over again. When you, mom and dad, when your kids know who they are in Christ, you really won't be all that concerned with what people think because you know what God thinks. And you know what God says, and you know what he promises us through his word. So that's this first barrier you're going to face. It's an inward pull, and it's an inward pull, this need you may have to feel like you need to please people. But then there's a second barrier I want to talk about real quickly. It's an outward pull, and it's persecution. Persecution. As a dedicated follower of Jesus Christ, if you're committed to your church family, or you're committed to prayer, or you're committed to serving others, or maybe you decide, man, I'm going to quit partying, people will say, oh, well, look at you. I guess you think you're better than us now, don't you? Well, no, 
That's, that's really not it at all. You know that. But the life a believer lives, the life we live, if it really looks like what Scripture teaches us, someone who is not a follower, someone who's not a believer of Jesus Christ, it makes no sense to them at all. Now, sometimes in the Christian community, we're all shocked about this. We, we act like, oh, man, I can't believe this is happening. Well, really, because Jesus told us this is going to happen. It's just part of being a Christian. It's not like we should be shocked. Look at John chapter 15, beginning of verse 18. John 15, 18. Jesus, this is just Jesus. I'm just reading what he said. If the world hates you, Jesus says, keep in mind, the world hated me first. If you belong to the world, he says, it would love you as its own. But as it is, you don't belong to the world. But I have chosen you, Jesus says, I've chosen you out of this world. That's why the world is going to hate you. Remember what I told you, he says, it's not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you also. So, so when you become a full follower of Jesus Christ, Jesus says, hey, friends, I love you, but you're going to be persecuted. He, he just says that. So uh, uh, here we go. You've got to think about this. None of us should get all worried and upset. We shouldn't be all concerned when we are being persecuted. But instead, we should worry if we're not. Chances are, and I say this with a humble heart, chances are if, if that's never happening, if there's no pushback, if there's no persecution ever, I would say that's a pretty good sign you're living a very normal life. And again, remember, there's nothing at all normal about Christianity. Now, I don't want you to be discouraged by this. You're like, good grief. You know, we're in the new year and you're giving me all this heavy stuff. Listen, Jesus knew this journey and what it was going to represent. But look what he says in Matthew chapter 5. This will encourage you. Matthew chapter 5, verse this again. I'm just quoting Jesus. He says, hey, you're going to be blessed. He says, blessed are all of you who are persecuted because of righteousness, because you're, you're trying to live a right kind of living that honors the Lord. He says, blessed are you because of living a righteous life. For all of you that do that, it, it says, yours is the kingdom of heaven. He continues, blessed are you when people insult you. Blessed are you when people persecute you. Blessed are you when people falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Blessed are you if a drunk writes a song about you. I added that. But look how Jesus ends this portion of the text. Rejoice and be glad. Why? Oh, there's a good reward coming your way. Because great is your reward in heaven. For me, what we're talking about here, I think I shared on the front end, for me, the biggest struggle all my life has been this people-pleasing thing. If you just want to stay in the normal rut that so many people get stuck in, just, just keep doing that. 
But let me tell you from experience. Hear me. Please hear my heart. I've tried this. I've tried to please people. Here's what I've learned. Pleasing everyone is impossible. Pleasing everyone, it's impossible. But I want to give you one more promise. You may want to write this down too. You may need to stick this on your mirror, on the dashboard of your car. You might want to write this down. I can't please everyone, but I can please God. I can't please everyone, but as the Lord empowers me, I can please him. How do I know this? Because the Bible tells me so. One last verse I want to show you, and we'll wrap up. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 4. How do I know this? For we... We, meaning followers of Jesus Christ, that's you. If you know Christ to be your Savior and Lord, if you've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, if he is your Savior, we speak as, what does it say? Messengers. We speak as messengers, and and not only are we just some kind of messenger, we've been approved by God. That's a good place to be. We speak as messengers approved by God to be entrusted with the good news. What's the good news? The good news is the gospel message. And look how this verse ends. And our purpose is to please God, not people. Purpose is to please God, not people. Listen, we live in a culture today where where Christianity, Christians are called out. And I think sometimes we're backing up and, and we're not being the bold believer that God might call us to be, but I take great hope in the promises from his word. I believe with all my heart, God wants to use you for his glory this year. And for some of you, it's going to be a baby step thing. Once I'm being obedient to Christ, following him, serving him. But you're sick and tired of normal. I'm sick and tired of normal. And together as a church, my prayer is that we would wholeheartedly follow Christ. Let's pray together. Thank you, God, for the truth of your holy word. God, I'm, I'm just excited that you've allowed me this opportunity. You've drawn me to yourself. God, that you've given me the opportunity to know you and call you my Savior and my Lord through your son, Jesus. And so in all of that, God, when I look at the story of the gospel that, that we see from the, the pages of Genesis all the way through the Bible, to the book of Revelation. (laughs) Lord, none of that looks real normal. Thank you for that. Thank you for your supernatural work in our lives. God, thank you for loving us more than we will really ever comprehend in that you sent your son to the cross. But God, it didn't end there. While Jesus gave his life on the cross and shed his blood, God, he overcame death. Yes, he was placed in a tomb for three days, but God, the stone was rolled away. Jesus, our Savior, has been resurrected and is with you, reigning in heaven. God, thank you for showing us the ultimate eternal sacrifice. Thank you that none of that's normal, and thank you for allowing us, God, to be a part of this journey as your messenger 
use us this day and this week. Change us for your glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, thanks again for listening to the Hope Fellowship Church podcast. If you're interested in becoming more connected at Hope Fellowship Church, please visit hope615.com slash get connected.